Amen. Yeah. So many of us, um, New Year, New Me, New You. That's an excellent video because it's talking about where we should place our hope. The video we showed before the announcement is probably more realistic for us all, though. Who else has sold the treadmill? <laughs> we gave ours away. We didn't even sell it. How many of us say we're going to read the Bible in a year? And then the next year is the New Testament. And then the next year is like, I think I should open it up sometime. There's all of that stuff that's going on. Because life is busy and life is real. And nothing magical is going to happen at 12 o'clock on Monday night. Some nice little New Year fairy isn't going to come down and sprinkle magic dust on me. And I'm going to get skinny. Okay. I'm still hoping for it, but it's not going to happen. Um, but there is something about the idea of a new year that gives us an idea that we have a fresh start that somehow or other we can go I'm going to draw a line in the sand and and I have this opportunity for a new start but you know in scripture we have that a promise from God that we have that every single day because in Lamentations it says this and Gail's going to put it up there for me now because I can't see down here where it says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, and his mercies never come to an end. Why? Because they're new every morning. And great is your faithfulness. Okay? We get a fresh start and a new beginning every single morning. Every morning. So we don't have to wait until Tuesday. We can have that fresh start today. We can have it tomorrow. If we mess it up on Tuesday, we can have it on Wednesday. If we mess it up on Wednesday, we can try again on Thursday. Tomorrow, I will celebrate 29 years since I gave my life to the Lord. 29 years of his faithfulness and me screwing up. 29 years of every single morning, his mercies being new. Every morning. And he has never, ever let me down because his faithfulness is great. And the thing about that as well is God also says in Isaiah, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth, do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Here's the thing. The impossible is nothing to God. What we think is impossible is nothing to God. He can do whatever. He wants us to leave the past behind. So who has messed up this year? Don't show me your hands. Okay. Okay. Who has messed up big time this year? Yeah. We'll probably all put our hands up for that in one way or another. But here's the thing. We can leave it behind. We can bring it to God and say, God, you know what? Messed up big time. Okay. Leave it behind. Confess it. Turn away at me. Move on from it. We can have the newness of life today, tomorrow, and every other day. And we can have rivers in the desert. I saw a video Someone put on Facebook or YouTube or somewhere of this river appearing in the desert. I don't know how it happened, but there's all these people standing watching, and then they all have to leg it because this river's coming out of nowhere. Um, but rivers do not happen in deserts. So my question is, what is your desert? As you move from last year into next year, this year into next year, what is the desert you're facing, and what's the river that you need to come through it? Because I know a God who can give you that river. I can't give it to you, and nobody else in this room can give it to you, but he can. He can do it. 
I sent out, I'm not checking my text messages here, I just, I have to, um, I have the list, I have to put my glasses on, this is too small. The stuff I ask people, what were they thankful for? I'm thankful how he made a way for me when it seemed impossible. I'm thankful for work, because I hadn't got any. I'm thankful for the friends I've gained and the lessons I learned. I'm grateful that God makes a way when man says it can't be done. I've seen that so much this year. I'm thankful for how far I've become in 2018 with the strength and love and peace in my heart and soul. I'm grateful for love in 2018. Someone said I'm loved. I'm thankful for being part of hope. For those of you who said they were thankful for hope, you've got the brownie points. Okay, but um, I'm so thankful for the Hope Center. Sounds like a cliche, but I know through hope he's drawn me back to him. My thankful praise to God because he's the strength, the faith, the joy, and the amazing love I felt and received. I'm thankful for getting well. I'm thankful for becoming part of the Hope Center. I'm thankful that so many prayers were answered and healing took place. I'm thankful that God blessed me with a wise wife. That was a clever man. That was a good one to get out there. I'm thankful for God's constant protection and provision. I'm thankful for God's love that's so much bigger than any love ever throughout life. I'm thankful for so many things, but I guess the one that really stands out is an answer to prayer. One thing I'm thankful to God for in 2018 is finding hope, church. I'm thankful for all my answers to prayers. When I seen God move in my little problems, it gave me such hope for what he had in store for my bigger ones. He came through for me every time. I'm thankful for getting the all clear in the hospital. I'm thankful for family. I'm thankful I reconnected with God this year that I never thought I would. And I'm so thankful to God for the many things it's hard to pick. So I find that in itself as a blessing. Isn't that amazing? And then the wishes were everything from the lotto to... Yeah, no, I'm only joking. No one asked you to ask for the lotto numbers. I put that one in before you anyway. Um, but here's the thing. When we're leaving, it's good to remember what we've got. Because coming up to Christmas time can be stressful. It can be hassle. Christmas can be stressful. It can be hassle. We had some great times over Christmas. We had some horrendous times over Christmas. We had some great times with people. We had some hard times with people. And sometimes family are the worst. Yeah? Sometimes they're the best. Sometimes they're the worst. We think we'll never see them. Remember that Ryanair ad with a man coming in and then he escapes? It's like he's booking a flight. He's only home two days and he's thinking he can't get away from them all quick enough and going back. Okay? Um, but the reality of it is, whatever it is, we can, we can leave it in God's hands. And whatever has happened up to now, today, if you haven't drawn a line in the sand, you can draw a line in the sand if you want to. And you can forget the past things, and you can move into the rest of the year that's left, the 48 hours we have left in this year, and the new year, and go, do you know what? God's doing a new thing. And I've had all these blessings up to now, but they are nothing compared to what he wants to actually do. Nothing. Wherever you have received, wherever you have understood up to now, is nothing towards what God wants to do in your life. And I want to read um, a chunk out of Ephesians 4. And it's a chunk, it is a big chunk. And I want to go through it a little bit with you as well. Um, And I won't take too long, but I think it's worth it. 
Because I think if you realize what God is calling you to and what he wants for you, and it's not, he wants you to have a better 2019 than you had a 2018, better than 2017, better than whatever you've had up to now. And it doesn't matter whether you're that little fella in the pram, who I have to say is exceptionally well behaved, much better than most of the adults in here. <laughs> or you're the oldest person in the room. God has more. He really does. If you have a Bible and you want to follow me, it's in Ephesians 4. It won't be up on the screen. There was too much of it. I'm going to start around verse 2. It says, Be completely humble and patient and gentle. Bear them with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Listen to this bit. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I want to talk about that for two seconds. God gave people into every congregation in this world. He gave people to operate in different gifts to help everybody else to grow up. There is a difference between age and maturity. Does that make sense? Just because somebody is 40 does not mean you would leave him minding your dog, never mind your kids. True? I know 12-year-olds I could trust in my house and 30-year-olds I wouldn't let near it. Right? Most of the 30-year-olds are men, but that's beside the point. Okay. But, but the reality of it is, maturity is about what? It's about us learning to take responsibility for ourselves and responsibility for what we have in life and then doing the best we can with it. It doesn't mean we're perfect. It doesn't mean we get it all right. Actually, most times it probably means we mess up, but we own it when we mess up. We don't try and blame the world around us, and we learn from it, and we move on. That's maturity in my book, okay? may not be in yours, but that's my understanding of what maturity is. And, like, I was probably nearly 40 before I started to mature. But as a Christian, you don't have to wait for years to mature. A Christian is somebody, what I loved in that man's testimony was, when God said to him, go back and sort out your family, never mind going off to save the world. You go back and walk in your family. He said, my heart wasn't in it, but my obedience was. If you're becoming, the more mature you become with God, the more you will do things because you know it's the right thing to do, even though you don't feel like it. Does that make sense? There's stuff we're supposed to do as mature Christians with each other even. How we're supposed to treat each other. How we're supposed to behave towards each other. Scripture talks loads about maintaining the peace. We're given a peace from God, but we can wreck it. 
We get pissed off with each other. Someone says something, we get offended with each other. Offense is not a sign of maturity. Loads of people will throw offense at you. It's up to you whether you pick it up or not. Eleanor Roosevelt said, and I thought this was brilliant, she said, no one can insult me without my permission. You can't insult me without me giving you permission to insult me. You can say what you like about me, but I don't have to pick it up. You can do what you like to me, but I don't have to take the offense. I can toddle along blissfully in my little world all on my own, happy with Jesus, and leave you screwed up. Or I can pick up the offense, and I can get screwed up. So as you move into 2019, how mature do you want to be when we reach 2020? It's really encouraging so far, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each does its work. Okay? I heard another great quote the other day, and it said that the cure for loneliness was finding a need and working to fulfill it. It said the cure for loneliness was finding a need and working to fulfill it. Most people I know who are busy serving others are not lonely. They're not caught up in their own stuff. That says that we will work with Jesus to support the rest of it, the rest of the body. So this is the last bit I want to read. It says, and this is Paul writing. So he says, I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They're darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. You, however, did not come to Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught of him or in him in accordance with the truth that's in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for you are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Can I just emphasize that for a minute? It doesn't say don't get angry. That's not sinning. Getting angry isn't sinning. Okay? But don't sin in your anger. Just be careful how you handle your anger. Do Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, and don't give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those in need. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what's helpful for building others up according to their needs. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you are sealed for redemption. And this is the last bit, and this is the bit I want to just emphasize on the last couple of minutes I've got left. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other 
just as in Christ God forgave you. Now here's the thing. Moving into a new year can be like moving into a new country. Okay? And there's things. We, we've uh, a lady we know and she's moved. Um, I think she's in, um, oh, I can't think of the name of the place. Now, Gibraltar. She moved there with a new job. She went with a suitcase. So she had to leave loads of stuff behind. People who emigrate can't bring everything with them. Is that fair enough to say? Unless they're going to rent a truck and bring it all with them. They have to go with whatever they can carry. And here's the bit. What are you carrying going into 2019? And what can you leave behind? Okay? So about six, eight, nine points, sorry. Nine points, real quick, for moving into the new year. One, be real about it. When it comes to holidays or emigrating, the brochure always looks nicer than the reality. I have rented hotel rooms in the pictures thought was the size of this. And when I got there, it was a postage stamp. Yeah? With a bed, and you had to move that way around the bed to get anywhere. But it looks great in the brochure, okay? Nothing magical is going to happen on Monday night when the clock strikes midnight. There might be a few fireworks. You might be having a glass of champagne. You might be with friends. You might be on your own. But nothing magical is going to happen. One of the truths is that wherever you go, you bring you with you. Right? So if you're ungrateful, narky, easily irritated and self-centered, then when you wake up on Tuesday morning, you're still going to be the same. Unless you do something about it. Is that fair enough? Right? Like, we can go to bed on Monday night and go, now I woke, when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to be lovely and calm and peaceful and blah, 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 blah. And wake up in the morning in the horrors. Okay, so the reality of it is, there's no guarantee that we're going to be okay just because we turn over midnight. Check your baggage way. Especially Ryanair. Do you ever get there and they go, that's overweight. It's going to cost you 400 euro for them two kilos. <laughs> yeah. The flight was 25 euro. <laughs> and then they look at you and they go, you're a bit overweight. And I'm going, I know, you don't have to tell me. <laughs> they go, no, I'm in your bag. Right? Okay. But here's the thing. Where are we overweight? Are you taking bitterness and hatred and shame and regret and jealousy and all those other unhelpful emotions that you've carried all through 2018? Are you going to bring them with you or are you going to leave them behind? Because here's the bit, we have a choice whether we carry them or we leave them. We don't have to carry them. Make sure you're traveling with the right people. Ever go on holiday with the wrong people? It's a nightmare. You're stuck with them for two weeks. Mother of God, protect us. Imagine like, you're after paying a fortune to get on a plane and go to the sunshine and you're stuck with, I won't say the words because it's been recorded and there's a child in the room. But you know what I'm talking about? They're like, you're wishing you were back home in the rain because it would be better than being stuck with these here. All right? Who are you traveling with? Scripture talks very much about be careful of who you're traveling with. Do not see in the seat with the mockers. Watch who's talking into your life. Watch who's influencing you. Watch who you're allowing talk to you. Um, I said it before, a man, Dennis Carr was his name, he said, Brian, you will become the books you read and the people you hang around with. If you're reading the sun and hanging around with the knackers on the corner, I'm telling you, you're going to become like them. <laughs> and I'm not talking about the traveling community before that gets racist. <laughs> okay? Before I get done for racism here, I'm not. I'm talking about if you're hanging around with people who are negative, who are critical, who are just moaning all the time, who have nothing good to say about anybody, that will rub off on you. I don't care how positive you are. 
If you want to grow in the things of God, you need to be hanging around with people who are on fire for God. Not people who are sitting in a corner bitching about other people who are moving on with their life. Because all that will do is rob the energy you have. Check your destination. Know where you're going. It's useful to have a map. Google Maps. We went to visit somebody yesterday who should remain nameless who now live in the middle of nowhere. Thank God for Google Maps. I don't think I would have ever found the place. I hadn't got a hope. But you know what? There was a destination. I had an address. I knew where I was going. So even if I had got lost, I would have found it eventually. But if I don't have a destination, where do you want to be on the 31st of December 2019? In your health, in your finances, in your relationships, in your emotional stage. Where do you want to be? If you don't know, I'm going to tell you, you're going to end up there. Probably you'd stay in patient air now or a bit worse off. Make sure that you don't leave the lessons you learned this year behind you. Some of us have learned really hard lessons this year. But because we're moving into a new year, it's easy to forget the lessons. Forget the bad stuff, but take the lessons with you. We got wisdom through it. Don't, don't leave it behind you. Keep your goals in your head, but keep your Holy Spirit in your heart. Put God first. Someone said it in the prayer time this morning. If we seek first the kingdom, then all these things will be added onto us. If you keep God first and let him fill everything, even in your job, in your relationships, in your home, in everything, just keep it surrounded and focused on God and what would he have you do. Then the rest of it will work out, I promise you. Get information. Don't be afraid to ask people. Don't be afraid to ask people, well, how do you do that? What are you doing? We do always say to people as well, if we do pre-manage with a lot of couples, we say, find married couples that you like the look of and ask them what are they doing. And you see the married couples you don't like the look of, stay the hell away from them. Because you don't need to know what they are not doing. You can see that. Find people who are living the life you want and start asking them questions. Be focused and don't get deterred by distractions because there will be distractions. There will be loads of stuff to knock you off. Loads of stuff. And keep the right company because you can never be greater than the company that you keep. Never. Read your Bible. Pray. Be brave. Trust and serve and live. So you see, my job is to equip the saints to do the work of ministry. Your job is to do the work of ministry. It's not my job to see your family go to heaven. It's not, that's not your job either. That's God's job. But it's your job to witness to them. And witnessing them isn't about just giving it all of that. It's about living a life that they see is different because you have Jesus in it. It's your job to pray for them. It's your job to know who you are in Christ so that you can live out of that. And it's not a burden. It becomes a pleasure. So one of the things that many people make as a goal for moving into the new year is to read the Bible. And that can be probably one of the most daunting things in the world to do. Can I ask you to pass them around? So I found this. Can you give us the next one there, Gail, please? The next slide. And this is from a group who put things together called Navigators. And they have come up with a program. It's called 5 by 5 by 5 It's five minutes, five days a week. And five things to look at. And this, if you do this, 
and follow the program will get you through the New Testament in the year. So this time next year, you will have read the whole New Testament. And you won't only have read it, you will have actually studied it. And you'll have actually given yourself an opportunity to learn something from it and put it into place in your life. So the thing is to pick five minutes a day on a Monday to a Friday and keep a Saturday and a Sunday free for just relaxing and just thinking back. And maybe thinking about how can I move this into my life. Have we run out? I'll print more. There's one you can share just to have a look at between you and I'll get you another one. So what you've got is on the back of one of those pages, um, you've got every day ticked, right? You can tick the box. It tells you what to read. And here's what I'm going to suggest you do along with this, okay? One is when you're reading the piece of scripture, underline the words that stick out to you. Highlight them. Wreck your Bible. People who have Bibles that are trashed usually have lives that are in good nick. Because they've read it, wrote in it, scribbled on it, took what they've read, gone back to it, ripped the page, whatever. But their lives are usually in a lot better state than their Bibles. I know loads of people with pristine Bibles and their lives are shipwrecked. Don't be afraid to underline it. Keep a notebook. Write down. Listen to see if God is talking to you. When you read something, try writing it out again only in the way you'd say it. Put it in your own words. Take the time to interact with it. Don't just read it and leave it. Ask questions. Answer questions. It's all there on the front page. Look for the big idea. But most of all, try and personalize what this is saying to you. And try and figure out how can I respond to this. That song is not an accident. Jesus has the power to break every chain in your life and set you free. Jesus has the power to change your future and your destiny. But you have to cooperate with him for that to happen. He will not just come in and go, poof, and make it happen. We have to step into that relationship and we have to take up what he's given us. There's a gentleman down the back there who's big into the gym. Yes? And he does the weights and he looks the part. I am big into the gym in my head. Right? It does not equate into the real world, so I do not have the physique that he has. But you know what? Spiritually, some of you are like him, and some of you are like me. But spiritually, we can all be like that. But it's going to the gym every day, and it's doing the weights. And the weight is interacting with God, what he has to say for you, and what he has to say to you. And then letting him break the chain so you can live the life and the destiny that you were created to live. Amen? Amen. So let's pray and let's call it a day for this year. Father, I thank you for this day. (coughs) I thank you that you have a plan for each and every one of us. And that you have given us the power available to us through your Holy Spirit. You have given us your word. You have given us a plan how to read your word. You've given us instruction how to apply it into our life. So right this minute, I pray you would begin breaking chains. I pray as we step into this new year, that things will never, ever be the same again. Lord, I pray that your faithfulness will be evident in everyone's life and that they will experience your joy and your mercies that they are new every single morning. I pray no matter where we're at in our walk with you, where we're at, whether we're just seeking, we don't even know you, we're not sure you're real or whatever, that you would reveal yourself 
to those people. And I pray, Lord, if there's people in this room who are struggling in how to move forward, that you would just show them how to step in deeper with you. Show them how much more you have for them, God. And I pray that you break every chain in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, chains over our emotions, over our finances, over our physical health, over any part of our life that needs you to break something. I pray right now you break it. I pray you set people free right now by the blood of Jesus and for your glory, Lord God. And Father, I pray, because we sang it earlier, our God is greater. Our God is mighty. Our God can do amazing things. And if you are for us, who can be against us? If you are with us, who can stop us? So, Lord, I pray and I release an unstoppable people. Lord, an unstoppable people. The only one who has power in your life to stop you reaching your destiny is you. The only one who has power to stop you reaching your destiny is you. We are the only species on the face of the earth who stop ourselves reaching our full potential. No one else sabotages themselves. No tree has ever sabotaged itself. No animal. But we do as human beings. So today, let that stop. Father, I pray blessing over your people. I pray that you would make your face to shine at them. Let your peace be on them. Let your blessing be on their families. And may 2019 be the best year we have ever experienced walking with you our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. Have an amazing, happy new year and happy new life. Amen.